right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Warning Track Talk podcast with your hosts, Dave and Dave. And today, we're going to be talking about multiple topics, but really focusing in on the Phillies and the free agency market uh, with different players that we're going to be discussing today. But to start off, let's talk about some news with the Phillies in tendering some contracts to the following players, Vince Velasquez, Reese Hoskins, Zach Eflin, Hector Neris, Sir Anthony Dominguez, David Hale, and Andrew Knapp. So all of these players got tendered contracts, and I also had some nicknames for them that I made, uh, and well, some of them have actually been out there too, but um, you got Vinny V, I, I call him Vinny V, uh, you got Zeflin, you got Heart Attack Hector, you got Sir for Sir Anthony, and you have Hailstorm for David Hale. I don't know if anyone came up with that one, but I thought it was pretty cool, so I, I had to put it down there. And then you got Napper. So I don't know how you feel about those nicknames, Dave, and I don't know how you feel about these tendered contracts, but uh, yeah, give me your reaction, and uh, what do you think was maybe the best tender or something that they should have done? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, just give it a shot, I guess. <laughs> uh, I always like nicknames, Dave. So I... <laughs> Yeah, you can never think, go wrong with a good nickname. I think that Hailstorm's uh, pretty funny, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I guess to get started it, it, with with Vinny V, I guess it's kind of like you can never get rid of this guy. It's kind of like that that um, I don't know what I'm trying to use here, but it's kind of like that the thing you're trying to get rid of, and you just can't get rid of it. Like even when you have a good chance to get rid of it, you just you can't part with it. And that's kind of this front office and John Middleton with Vince Velasquez. They just can't get rid of the guy, and then they don't want to, obviously, uh, by tendering his contract. Of course, uh, you know, tendering Reese Hoskins was kind of an obvious move. He was on a tear. Uh, you guys know, I think, from a previous podcast, Reese Hoskins is my favorite player on the Phillies. Uh, and he teared it up in 2019. Zach Eflin, of course, uh, or sorry, the uh, Reese Hoskins teared it up in the last half of 2020, if I can speak. It doesn't even feel like we're in 2020 anymore, <laughs> does it? Uh, don't jinx us david fingers crossed don't jinx us please <laughs> <laughs> but uh but zach eflin of course you had to tender him too he had a really good 2020 uh hector naris of course that was kind of obvious to him and you're going to need him even though i don't think he should be the closer that's for another podcast uh sir anthony dominguez of course you want to tender him they got him at a pretty cheap contract i believe it was like for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a year which is pretty cheap uh considering how <laughs> high his ceiling is uh, David Hale was a question mark for me. Him and Vinny V were the two I don't think so's. Um, I mean, I understand what you gave up for David Hale. You gave up Addison Russ, but I just don't think David Hale was great, and I think you can do better uh, and probably for cheaper. Uh, and Andrew Knapp, of course, that was an obvious mark, too. He could be the Philly starting catcher uh, in 2021. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I, really the only two questionable ones for me were Vinny V and, and David Hale. Right. Um, yeah. Just touching on Vinny V real quick. Um, what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies, they had him in the rotation and for the most part, he didn't really work out. And then they put him in the bullpen. He didn't really work out there. And then they spot started him and he did okay. Uh, we all know Vinny V's problem was just he can't go deep into games and he throws too many pitches per plate appearance. So, I mean, I, I think that's where it stands with Vinny. Uh, he has problems getting hitters out, and that's the job of a pitcher. And if he can't do that, then, he, what? I mean, he could probably play pretty good left field. We've seen that before. So maybe you stick him in left field when Andrew McCutcheon's contract done, and I hope everyone takes that as a joke. But, uh, yeah. So 
I don't know. Uh, I think the Phillies are just hanging on to him because, you know, going out and getting a pitcher for them really isn't an, uh, it's not really an option with uh, them and their financials maybe right now. So I guess Vinny V is a guy that they want to keep around, but I don't know. Maybe there's a sort of a romance going on between Vinny V and the Phillies that maybe we don't know about Dave. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I just, I'm tired of the, uh, the whole crying poor situation for the Phillies. Uh, it's, it beats me. It's, it's Vinny V and, and David Hale are two pieces that I consider to be more of a rebuild, uh, than a, on a win now team. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't exactly see, uh, David Hale's numbers, uh, this past season with the Phillies, but, uh, he, I, I mean, he's an older guy. He's a veteran, so uh, maybe he helps the bullpen a tiny bit. I think his help's probably going to be marginal, but you know, uh, he's David Hale, and he's going to be in that bullpen either as a filler piece or he's going to come up and he's uh, going to have some decent appearances and hopefully pitch to around a three and a half ERA. Because let's be honest, I don't think uh, really too many pieces, if any, in the bullpen really going to pitch to anywhere below four. <laughs> but um yeah I thought Andrew Knapp um being tendered a contract that was well deserved uh he worked hard in 2020 even though it was a shortened season he seemed to really uh lift his offense to another level so uh really nice to see Andrew Knapp really earn that um that contract uh moving on we have some targets uh for the free agent market that we will discuss uh, starting out, uh, I don't know, Dave. I, these are just uh, some speculation picks by me. I, I just, I think Liam Hendricks is one of the names that um, is mentioned uh, around the Phillies, and then you have Archie Bradley, who I, I see a lot of people uh, on social media and other other platforms as well, just saying, you know, like, oh, well, it would be a good fit. I see the Phillies uh, signing him, so uh, maybe that's the case. Um, but I guess the first question overall is, will the Phillies be willing to pay for Hendricks services as their closer? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be expensive. I was just watching the MLB Network. Uh, they had the All-2020 team on, and, and Liam Hendricks did win uh, one of the two awards for a reliever uh, on the All-MLB team for 2020. So, I mean, he, he's going to have a lot of teams out there that want to talk to him, want to get involved. And, and you know, uh, I would guess that he wants to go to a contender, um, obviously. Uh, so I, I guess you could say the Phillies are, are a contender. And uh, heading into 2020, that was a no-brainer. But now it's like, who knows? Um, but I, I really think it will be a, a nice chunk of change. But I think that Liam Hendricks deserves it, and his numbers back, uh, back it up. I was seeing some interviews with Liam Hendricks. The guy works hard. The guy has a good mentality. Uh, and I would really like to see the Phillies pick him up and, and use him as closer and kind of slot Hector Neris and Sir Anthony Dominguez when he comes back into more of a setup role in 7, 8, and 9. Because I think 7, 8, 9 with Dominguez, Neris, and uh, Liam Hendricks uh, would be a, a pretty good uh, 7, 8, 9, especially if you're able to sign uh, Jose Alvarez to a deal as well. So I think that you could really lock up your bullpen with just one big signing. Uh, and Liam Hendricks, of course, depending on, you know, if Sir Anthony Dominguez is healthy midway through the season, uh, if he's able to come back from Tommy John. Right, yeah, and having those seven, eight, nine guys is really going to help solidify those spots and really, you know, it'll give you the ability to have some guys in the back of that bullpen that can do some work, especially if Sir Anthony can come back and have a healthy season. That would be nice to see. I mean, yeah, I, I really don't know how he's going to turn out. 
Obviously, he has a high ceiling, uh, but we'll see how exactly his injury uh, really does affect the way that he plays and whether he can come back from it. Um, I, I believe it was Tommy John, but um, yeah, it's just some players pitch okay, you know, and others can't come back from it. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. But um, yeah, uh, talking about Jose Alvarez, uh, he's another tremendous piece uh, that that remained consistent over his tenure with the Phillies. And I, I think he's definitely a must-have for, for them as a team. And having him in the bullpen is really going to help. Uh, I mean, really, when you look at some of the bright spots, he was one of them before he got hit in the, you know, what, before, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'll just leave that yeah. right there. I, I'm pretty sure that um, the avid Phillies fans who listen to the podcast definitely know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, he fell to the ground pretty hard, and uh, he's been on the aisle ever since. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. W- when it comes to uh, Hendricks' services, it- it's really hard to determine. Um, and now this is just from my perspective, whether the Phillies will actually sign him. Uh, I know the front office, uh, it- 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 I don't know, just from what it seems, they really don't want to go out and get a big guy. They don't want a lot too much um, payroll towards one player. So we'll see how they spread out, you know, the, the money and whether Middleton will be able to put out a contender next year or the year after. I mean, at this point, no one knows. Um, but the next question, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave, did you have something else? No, I, I just wanted to touch a little bit on Archie Bradley. I don't know if you were getting to that, but. Oh, yeah, I, Dave, I, I totally forgot about Archie. Uh, you could okay. you could take the wheel. It's a guy. I didn't know if we were going to split it up in half and oh, half. Go or ahead. Whatever. But uh, Archie Bradley is another guy. I'm not going to speak too long about him, or not at least as long as I spoke about um, William Hendricks. But I really like Archie Bradley. I think that he's another guy that the Phillies could really use. The Phillies have been looking at him uh, for a while now, um, and I I think the Phillies could really use him uh, and sign him here in free agency as a reliever who's you know not going to pitch to a below three at least most of the time. Uh, but he's a serviceable reliever. He'll eat up innings, and I think he'll do a pretty good job for this bullpen. Yeah, and at this point, I think uh, almost anything would help. And I think that's the way it's been over the past few years. So being able to get a guy like Bradley would really help solidify another spot um, in, in the bullpen. And uh, really, I, I don't know how much you'd want to give a guy like Archie Bradley. I mean, in my opinion, I'd probably give him uh, anywhere between uh, 5 and $7 million a year. I don't know if you'd agree, Dave, um, but as a reliever, uh, I, I guess that's what I would pay him. Uh, but the Phillies, would they be able, or, well, of course, in my opinion, they'd be able to. But do you think that they'd be able to pay 5 to $7 million to get Bradley? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, depending on how many years, I don't think they'll want to go too deep with the contract. You know, talking three or four, probably more of a two-year, $10 million, two-year, $12 million deal. But I think he's worth it. I think the guy has shown upside. And, you know, I, don't, I really don't know why the Reds non-tendered the guy. I thought that Archie Bradley fit well with the Reds. The Reds seemed to be having a dumpster fire sale of their bullpen, which wasn't even that bad. Um, you know, getting rid of Rossiel Iglesias, trading him to the Angels, and then, you know, Archie Bradley getting non-tendered, uh, two relievers who are big um, in terms of what their bullpen was in 2020. Of course, talking about the Cincinnati Reds, but uh, it's a Phillies podcast, so let's, let's talk about uh, the Reds. But 
Archie Bradley, like I said, Dave, I think he deserves it. And I think five to seven million is, is a pretty good deal, of course, probably for about two years. I don't know if the Phillies, and I don't know if I would want to go longer than that just because, you know, you want to make sure the results are there and, and no injuries because, let's be honest, the Phillies have a history of that. Exactly, and that's exactly what I was thinking in terms of uh, the length of the deal. Uh, I think the Phillies just want to be pretty cautious when it comes to relief pitchers, especially with the lack of luck that they've had uh, with signing free agent relievers over the past few seasons. Uh, But moving on, will both signings be enough for this Phillies bullpen? And Dave, I'm pretty sure uh, you and I both know the answer to this. And uh, in my opinion, we can never get enough. (laughs) That ain't obvious. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, what do you think? Well, the one thing I thought I would just say real quick, uh, the Phillies retweeted the other day to make it official. Uh, the Phillies did uh, claim off waivers uh, right-handed pitcher Ian Hamilton, I believe from the Mariners. I'm not sure on that, but they did claim off another reliever who throws pretty hard. But, you know, let's be honest, he's probably not going to be, at least I hope he won't be too much of a factor, more of a depth piece rather than, you know, actually in the bullpen. But let's be honest, Reggie McLean, Delise Guerrera should have been in AAA. Uh, but they were they were in the big league bullpen, and the Phillies didn't have any COVID cases or anything uh, in terms of the bullpen, at least as far as I know, except for Ranger Suarez. But uh, will both signings be enough? Like you said, Dave, absolutely not. Um, I think we all know that answer. Um, but I mean, it would be a start, and you know, uh, I think just I I don't think the Phillies get both Hendricks and Bradley. I really don't. Neither I think do it's I. either one or the other. And let's be honest, if it was a choice between these two, the Phillies would go with the cheaper option in Archie Bradley. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if I have total hope in them signing Liam Hendricks. Um, of course, that would be my choice. But if, you know, they couldn't sign both. But I think Archie Bradley would be a good start. And like you said, Sir Anthony Dominguez comes back middle of the year. You'll have Hector Neris. And maybe with Archie Bradley, you can go out and get another average reliever. And maybe you can have an okay bullpen, not a horrible bullpen. Uh, but this bullpen needs a lot of work. David Hale will be out there. Uh, whether you think that's good or not, who knows? Uh, but the Phillies really need a lot of pieces. Adam Morgan, uh, as far as we know, won't be here uh, in 2021. So the Phillies are going to need some lefties. Right now they have Ranger Suarez, as, as I believe the only lefty uh, in that bullpen. So, you know, regardless, maybe they rely on some minor leaguers to come on up. Um, hopefully not. That <laughs> would be more of a uh, not trying to win team. Uh, but we'll have to see. But, yeah, I don't think this will be enough. Um, I would like some more, at least, just because I don't think the Phillies can get both of these guys. Right, and uh, touching on Ranger Suarez, I mean, he's had he's had decent stretches for the Phillies, so you really hope that he can come back and be decent for them in 2021. Aside from uh, Jose Alvarez, you hope that uh, the Phillies can re-sign him, and hopefully he stays consistent like he has over his tenure, like I was talking about. And then Adam Morgan, if he can have a healthy season, uh, maybe you can get a decent year out of him, and that gives you some lefty options out of that bullpen. And Joe Girardi, he's worked with some good bullpens in his time with the Yankees, so uh, you definitely know that if you have some weapons in that bullpen, they will be utilized. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think Girardi needs those weapons, and if you have guys that are healthy, then there's no doubt uh, that Girardi will not be afraid to use those guys. Moving on, though, uh, will will who they have in the pen be enough to cushion a free agent reliever. Uh, I, I don't know. I I, I I don't know. It's it's so tough with this bullpen and with this front office that you can't really determine, you know, who they're going to bring in as a free agent and will that bullpen kind of be enough? I'm hoping this is answering the question. 
Um, you know, if you want me to go more in detail, I mean, you did write this question, so so maybe you're trying to get at something else. Um, but the way I take it, I, I don't think uh, th this bullpen will, will be enough to cushion a free agent reliever just because, I mean, you, you look at the names and it's like, you know what I mean? They're, they're veteran guys, some of them on the back half of their career probably in David Hale. Uh, I, I don't know what Hector Neris is going to give you. I, I really don't. Uh, I'm hoping that he's decent, but those saves were horrible. You still really don't know what to do. I guess you could re-sign Brandon Workman or Heath Henry to a cheap contract, but uh, I don't know if you even want to go down that road, let's be honest. Um and, you know, on top of that, you don't know what you're going to do with Jose Alvarez. I would assume a lot of teams are going to be in the mix for Jose Alvarez just because of how good he was the past couple seasons, how reliable. And, of course, he had the unfortunate injury, but it wasn't something that he could help. Um, it was kind of just there. And, uh, well, we know the rest. But, um, really, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think this pen is good enough. I really don't. You know, even if you sign a, you know, a free agent, you're going to have to get me a couple of them. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to hope for Connor Brogdon to do something. Um, but then again, was his last couple games just luck? Were the Tampa Bay Rays just not playing? You know, they weren't. I mean, even though they crushed us, were they not playing? You know, completely late. You know, were they not playing as hard late in the games when Brogdon was in? Who knows? Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I make of it. Hope, hopefully, that answered your question, David. I don't know. I mean, Connor Brogdon, in my opinion, he's filthy. Like, um, yeah, you know, he's a young guy, and you're really hoping that he really develops into something special. And Dave, like you were saying, uh, I, I forget his name now, uh, but the guy that we just signed that you mentioned, uh, I, I know that he pitched to around a four or a four or five ERA. And, uh, you know, he has some velocity and he's young. I think he's like 25 years old. I, I looked some of this stuff up yeah, on Ian baseball Hamilton, reference, baby. but what were you saying? Ian Hamilton. Is Ian it? Hamilton. That's right. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be a piece if we could develop him correctly, and um, hopefully he and Connor Brogdon could kind of, uh, you know, dominate things, but uh, it's a far stretch. Let's be honest. This bullpen has been terrible. But, um, yeah, I, I guess we can move on to our next major topic of the pod, um, talking about JT Omuto. We talked about him a bunch on this podcast, as many of you who have listened. It wouldn't that, be a podcast if we didn't. <laughs> that's right. And... Uh, Honestly, you really can't disagree with that statement. We've talked about him so much, so much. But um, getting into it, uh, JT is a coveted player in free agency. Some people would say that he is the top player in the free agent market this offseason. And so do the Phillies have what it takes to bring him back? I know that the front office has been hesitant about that. They couldn't get an extension uh, going and... Yeah, there's just multiple factors as to why he's not signed right now. Uh, but Dave, do you think that the Phillies still have a chance, and do they have what it takes? They have a chance. Uh, just because of the fact that I, I have it written down a little bit later, but Ken Rosenthal today put out a report on his Twitter that the Mets were close to signing catcher James McCann to a multi-year deal. Uh, we'll right. talk about him a little bit later in the podcast. I was going to so, say, yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, so, so that helps, uh, you know, kind of looking ahead. But that helps, you know, the case for Philly, for the Phillies to have a, have a chance to sign him. But, I mean, like you said, Dave, he's coveted. There's so many teams that want to look at him. The Blue Jays, the Mariners. Um, I, I, and, I mean, really, what I'd like to think about here is if you look into what JT is probably looking for here, he's looking for, you know, you would think five years, maybe six, um, maybe four, who knows. Well, between four and six years, probably anywhere from like 110 to 125 million. Um, 
you know, maybe 100 to 125, depending on what you're looking at. Reports were saying that he was looking for 200. I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I don't think um, that was anywhere, you know, near the realm of possibility. I, I mean, I love JT, but I don't think he's that good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's so many teams. There's teams that are going to be willing to spend money. You have to remember, the Blue Jays and the Mariners are going to be willing to spend money. Both of those teams don't have very high payrolls. And, you know, the Mariners are in the middle of a rebuild. The Blue Jays made the playoffs last year, and the Phillies didn't. But let's be honest, on paper, the Blue Jays have a worse team. Um, so, I mean, they have a lot of young talent. Maybe they bring in a veteran, try to help the young talent in JT Romuto. Um, but, I mean, the Phillies have a chance. If I were to give it a percentage, maybe 25%, maybe because that report about James McCann, maybe up to 35 40%. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's very high. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, JT Romuto, uh, like we mentioned, very coveted player. Uh, just seeing the Mets and um, their interest in James McCann. I mean, I was thinking the Phillies would have been uh, one of the front runners for McCann, but, uh, you know, m- maybe there's uh, different thoughts in mind for Steve Cohen and their, their front office for the Mets. But um, JT and the Phillies, I think JT really did enjoy it here in uh, Philadelphia. I think Bryce Harper really wants him here, and I think that's really known. Uh, by a lot of people in Philadelphia that watch the Phillies. Um, so, I mean, the Phillies are still in it. I think there's a chance, and I, I think the organization wants to bring him back. Uh, it- it's just, you know, the uh, the tight wallet <laughs> that we have here uh, with the Phillies organization, Dave, and I'm pretty sure you'd agree with that statement. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a situation where he's a guy we need. Uh, Andrew Knapp would definitely be a guy... Um, you would like to see not as, you know, a first string catcher, you know, like a primary catcher. You would like to see JT in that role. And JT just gives you so much when he's there uh, in terms of offense, defense. He's got speed. He, he's got the tools. And he's a guy that has developed his power stroke, in my opinion, over the past year. And um, I think that he could be a 30 home run catcher. You know, and you've seen that from guys like Mike Piazza. So uh, maybe you get that from JT uh, if the Phillies do decide to re-sign him, which, uh, like you mentioned, Dave, chances are slim, but at this point, there is a chance. And so, um, yeah, just talking about some of the factors that um, have led to this decision of, you know, our verdict with the short chance for the Phillies uh, do you think it was the pandemic-shortened season that has really tightened the wallet for the Phillies? Um, do you think that, uh, you know, it was the limited cash, like I mentioned, the tightened wallet? Or do you think that it's the lack of confidence in the team itself? Do you think that the organization sees that this team just can't get far enough uh, with the addition of JT and they're just deciding maybe it's better off that we don't spend and that we try and maybe uh, retool a little bit? Mm. I, I think the problem was Matt Clentak. I, I do. I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think this front office lies. I really do. I, I think I think it lies most of the time. I, I can't trust what Andy McPhail said. I, I can't trust what Matt Clentak said. It, the problem here was is it seemed like, and I don't know if this is the case anymore, but it seemed like in the in the beginning of the prior to the shortened season, we're talking June, July, even May. It seemed like John Middleton, who is the owner after all, was more kind of adamant about spending money. You know, wanting to go after JT Romuto. But then this team does so poorly in the season, in the shortened season. Why? Why, why, you may ask. Why? 
<laughs> you see the team Matt Klintak put out on the field and Andy McPhail? Garbage. And Ned Rice was involved too, I guess you could say, and he's the current GM. So, I mean, you know, you look at this, and, and I don't think that you can sit here if you're John Middleton and go, well, oh, this team ain't going anywhere. This team ain't going anywhere. Oh, we're, we're done spending. Because you had a GM who didn't, who didn't spend. The, the G, let's be honest. It, it was Same thing with the Ian Hamilton move. It's trying to find diamonds in the rough. And that's what hurt this team. It hurt the team the most. They tried to save money. They tried to penny pinch in the 2020 season. It hurt their confidence, and it hurt the, the chances of, of the Phillies re-signing JT. And then that was really the problem here. I think it was a, kind of a chain of... You know, a chain reaction of events, starting with Matt Klintak, starting with this front office, and kind of working its way to the team before performed so bad that it's kind of like, uh, what do you do here? So, uh, yeah, and, and there may the Phillies need to spend money elsewhere. So could I see it? But I mean, now I think it's come to a point where if the Mets do sign James McCann, you can't afford to lose out on JT Muto because Andrew Knapp is not a starting catcher. I've said it before. I've said it again. I don't. I think that 2020 season was a fluke. I don't think Andrew Knapp is that good. I don't think Andrew Knapp is good, period. But who knows? Maybe he found something, and maybe with uh, Joe Dillon, he can become a better hitter. Who knows? Um, I mean, I like Andrew Knapp as a person. I just don't think he's a great backup. Um, so for sure, I don't think he'll be a great starter. But, you know, trying to just to finish up the question, I, I think it's just, you know, everything combined. I think it's the front office all the way to the poor play that was put on the field by the team this year. Right. And uh, like you mentioned, Matt Klentak. Um, I just wanted your thoughts because I think that John Middleton was the main reason that Klintock didn't go out to spend, you know, with um, the owner maybe uh, crying poor or maybe having a tight wallet and just saying, hey, we got to go out and we got to find diamonds in the rough or you got to try and do this because we can't just keep spending on players. We don't want to go over the luxury tax, that kind of thing. Do you think that that really dictated his moves as the GM? Well, see the thing, each time when somebody comes into a GM, you have either a three- or five-year plan, right? Which is where you're going to take the team when you right. come in to where the team is going to be when you leave. And I don't know if the five-year plan was get here with nothing and end with nothing, but that that's where we kind of are. Really, it started with nothing, and, and now you have Bryce Harper, so that's, that's pretty much how it went. But, I mean, you just look at it, 2015, 2016 – the problem with this team, um, if I'm being honest with you, the draft picks. It, it, it's horrible. The dra- Look, I, I love Bryson Stott, right? I think he's going to be a stud. That, that was a good one. I think Mick Abel is going to be a good one. I think the last year draft was good. That was because they hired a new scouting director. But Mickey Moniak, uh, Cornelius Randolph, I, I don't even think these guys are – I mean, Moniak, maybe – Cornelius Randolph can't even hit above 250 in double A. Uh, he ain't going anywhere. He was a first round. Pick. Yeah, he, he might be a fluke. Might be a and, fluke. And, and Mickey Moniak, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see anything to be honest with you. Too, too much swing and miss. Not not enough good defense. I right. And see. now Moniak is still young. I know he's probably like 21, 22 years old. But you would like to see him I like be able. Here, yeah. I don't know. Touching on Cornelius Randolph again, it's not like um, you want to say that he's washed up or that you know he's not able to do it. But it's unfortunate no, he's that he he's he just seems like he's a double A player. He Dave, he's washed up. The, the guy ain't going to do anything. I'm being honest with you. I just don't nah. like to talk bad about people. Like I'm, be, I'm be not, an I'm evil not person. Talking bad about him, but I, I'm just saying that I don't. I, I just looked at the stats. You know, I'm sure he's a great guy, but I, I don't know. No, the stats, the stats. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. I'm talking about the draft picks. That's all I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about anything else deeper than just the draft picks. Cornelius Randolph is not a major leaguer. Not going to be anytime soon. That's why I'm saying that the guy's washed up. 
Okay. Right. And, and as many as many times as Dave, we've put in our chats, um, whether it was on Instagram or other things, I know that we've um, talked about different trades and trying to throw in Cornelius Randolph there. I think it was be- I think it was because we knew that Cornelius wouldn't really develop as well as we thought he would. Well, here's the thing. You tank in 2016, right? The season was horrific. Let's be honest. What, 99 losses? Pfft, ridiculous. You got nothing out of it. And, and look, again, Mickey Moniak, he, he could be great. He's young, but I'm not seeing it. That's the thing about prospects anymore in Major League Baseball. A lot of the times you're seeing it. If there, you know, you know, there's prospects that you see in the minor leagues, 21, 22, 23, that, you know, they come up in a couple more years and they do okay. But when I'm talking about stars, like Alec Bohm, who looks to be a young star, when I'm talking about Adam Hazley, who I think has potential, I, I'm not seeing that in Mickey Moniak. I'm not seeing that in Cornelius Randolph. That, that's all I'm getting to here, okay? I, I, I'm just being honest. I, I don't say it, okay? Oh, yeah. It, uh, lacks, I mean, it lacks that kind of a uh, prospect star luster, right so to now. speak. Could it be three years down the road? Absolutely. But not right now. I, I think Moniak is way more upside than Cornelius Randolph. But Right, yeah, I would agree. Just, just getting to it. I mean, the draft picks were a problem for Matt Contact. And, you know, I'm not saying this is all his fault because there are scouting directors, but at the end of the day, he's the one who makes the final decision. And that's the problem. And that's why you're seeing other teams in the mix for JTR Muto because not only are they trying to get a big fish, they know that they have prospects around them. You look at the Yankees, prospects, right? Uh, Graber Torres, not a prospect anymore, but De- uh, Debbie Garcia in the rotation, okay? Uh, Clark Schmidt. In, you know what I mean? Like, these are guys that they could build around. The Mets, same thing. You know, Jeff McNeil is young. Pete Alonzo is young. Michael Conforto is a beast. Uh, you know, then you look at the Nationals. Same thing. Trey Turner, love that guy. Um, you know, Blue Jays, same thing with, with them. Kevin Biggio, Vlad Guerrero, uh, Bo Bichette especially. So, I mean, you're looking at teams with all this young talent. And, look, the Phillies got it, you know, in, in Alec Bohm. And, and I guess you can consider Reese Haas. Uh, maybe not. Uh, you know, you go get Adam Hazley. But... You know, the, the problem is the Phillies just didn't draft well. They had a bunch of bad seasons, and you don't draft well, and that's where you get in this situation. That all goes back to contact, in my opinion, that plan that he came into, and that's why he doesn't have a job right now. Because the plan, I guess, well, was I mean, I think I think he still works with the organization. Just He does, but he's, but he's not the general manager. Right, and, right. You know, and that's the problem here, is when you have a GM that does that bad, it's hard to keep him here. And, you know, you, you listen to his press conferences. I don't want to make this Matt contact because we still have, we want to talk about James McCann. But you look at his press conferences, they were horrible, horrible. They were like, they were like Doug Peterson uh, conversations, you know, uh, one of my tra- interviews or whatever you want to call it, press conferences. They, they were horrible. You were getting lies. And, and you know, I, John Middleton, I don't know. But, I mean, the, the money has to be spent somewhere. You didn't lose $2 billion, Phillies. You didn't lose $2 billion. Okay, if other teams are willing to spend that, that had, you know, a worse season than you or had more money spent, look at the Yankees. The Yankees didn't make it to the World Series. Look at all the money they spent. They were still spending. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because they just have more prospects that work out and they're able to bring in all these free agent guys because they know that there's promise. Yeah, but... but you know, but And that's where the Phillies lack. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I'll say that too. But I also feel like, you know, you have guys like Scott Kingery who he was supposed to be better than what he is and he is decent when defending. You know, he can be utilized at so many different positions. It's ridiculous. But... 
He's he's got to get better with his offense. And Dave, we've we've mentioned it before, but uh, you know Scott Kingery's one of those guys that hasn't worked out for the Phillies yet, and you would like to see him do more. And I think it would really add a little bit of promise there uh, for the team. The last thing I'm going to say on this is when Philly when the Phillies drafted from 2015 to let's say 2018, for the most part, you know a couple guys with exceptions, the offense guys that they, that they picked strikeout heavy. Nicky Moniak, strikeout heavy. Cornelius Randolph, strikeout heavy. Adam Hazley, eh, strikes out a little too much against lefties. Uh, Scott Kingery, strikeout heavy. Can't, can't, can't make contact with the baseball. You look at the pitchers the Phillies draft. They, they give up hits. They give up home runs. And the most biggest problem, not only the hits and home runs, are the walks. I mean, look, I, I think Spencer Howard is going to be good, but I'm not as high on, on, on him as everybody else is. That first season was a disaster. Let's be honest. I don't care what anybody says about the – the, the arm, the injury. I mean, I still think Spencer Howard has the chance to be good, but that first season was, was not it. I'll be honest with you. It was not it. The, the the walks were a problem, and on top of that, then it was it was a walk, and then it was a big hit. It was a home run. It was a gap. Or it was a double. That's the problem. The control isn't here for a lot of these pitchers. So on offense, you're getting guys who strike out, and on pitching, you're getting guys who give up home runs and can't control the ball. And that's the problem that comes with drafting here, and that's the problem the Phillies are at right now. And you know when you're not spe- when you can't when you can't get prospects to be better, when you can't fix your prospects, when you can't uh, what what's the word I'm trying to get out here? Um, you you I think everybody picks up the just what I'm trying to say. You well, know, when, when you, you can't, can't develop them, develop that's the word I'm looking for. When you can't develop prospects, uh, and, and you know at the same time you're not willing to spend money on free agents, you're screwed because where do you get your players from? The, the 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 minor leagues that's what you're at right now so uh, that's the problem but uh, you know i feel like i went a little bit too much on there but th- th- that's pretty much it all results back of why jt romito isn't signed to an extension right now right yeah i i mean there's so many reasons it's honestly ridiculous but yeah just just to move on so that we don't uh get stuck on this um, some probable teams for Rumuto, uh, in my opinion, I think the Yankees are a suitor. I did have the Mets on there, but you know, with, uh, some news, it seems like they're more interested in McCann. I think the Washington Nationals could be a candidate, you know, of course, uh, they, they did have Kurt Suzuki and Jan Gomes, but I think, uh, Rumuto, uh, would be a guy that they might be interested in. You have the Blue Jays who are really active this off season, really talking to some teams. And so, I mean, maybe you can add the Dodgers on there. So, I, I mean, there are some teams that are still suitable for JT and would definitely, well, probably uh, be looking for signing him. And so, you know, the Phillies still have competition out there. So uh, you don't want to say that the Phillies have a great chance, but at the same time, the Mets might be out of that race. And so, well, the Phillies still have a better chance. So uh, any hope. Uh, for Phillies fans is just about what we're here for at this point. And Dave, I think you'd agree. Yeah, no, no, no I agree with you. Well, the one thing I, I just wanted to, to say right now is uh, that I just found out here looking on MLB, um, the Instagram post, is somehow uh, JT Romuto did not uh, get the MLB first team, which is uh, a little... <laughs> A little shocker uh, for me there. Salvador Perez. Uh, See, he had Kansas a good bounce back season. You got to give it to him, though, you know. In, in, in uh, I don't know. But no, that's beside the point. 
I, I guess we'll move on to um, our last question here because I, I feel like <laughs> we're spending a little too much time on this pod. That's my fault. I was talking a little too long. It's a good, we'll it's you a guys good podcast. Uh, so will the market for James McCann determine Ramuto's contract? As I said earlier, according to Ken Rosenthal, go check him out on Twitter. He's usually one of the first reporters uh, with the news. The Mets are close to signing McCann to a multi-year deal. There's been other reports that the Mets aren't really close, but you know they're up there. They're pursuing him heavily. Who knows? I, I do think Ken Rosenthal is getting to the point that the Mets uh, are going to at least have a very good chance of signing McCann. Uh, and Joel Sherman of uh, the New York Post wrote, uh, two executives whose teams have interest in the catching market said they sense that the Mets have intensified their interest in James McCann, that he is their current focus. So, of course, you know, when you're looking at this, J.T. Muto is obviously, in my opinion, the big fish. Maybe Salvador Perez is now, even though he's not a free agent. But um, but James McCann is, of course, up there. And, and, you know, it would be pretty big for the Mets uh, to sign McCann or Real Muto. Yeah, and I think that's just something the Mets are looking to do. Uh, I mean, you look at their team... And, of course, they have some good pieces, some young guys. And they're just looking to solidify that. Uh, And, honestly, I think with their new uh, filthy rich owner, with Steve Cohen, uh, they're going to have plenty of luck in landing some big fish here in free agency. So look for them to either sign JT, James McCann, George Springer, Trevor Bauer, or even more. I I don't know. I mean, there's so many guys that are options now because their ownership changed. So... Uh, yeah, the Mets are probably going to look scary uh, either next year or in the next few years. So, uh, yeah, but uh, going back to the point of the Mets having focused on JT, I mean, really, this, it, like I said before, it increases the Phillies' chances, and I don't want to get anyone's hopes up too much that, oh, yeah, the Mets are interested in James McCann, so JT is, you know, a viable option again. I mean, with... The penny pension and stuff like you brought up, Dave, it's hard to say. It really is. And honestly, the Phillies, in my opinion, have never been more of a question mark than they are now here in 2020, leading into the 2021 season soon enough. I've never seen more of a questionable team. And I don't know, Dave, if you feel the same way. No, I I agree with you. It's, It's a lot of question marks around this team. And I think it's fixable, but there's a lot of work that has to be done. We talked about in the beginning with the tendered contracts. Just the fact that, you know, Vinny V and, and David Hale were tendered just goes to show me that, uh, I don't know what we're getting here. You know what I mean? I don't know if this is going to be great. Yeah, it kind of shows you um, the direction that they want to go. Yeah, and th- th- that's a problem for me here. Um, and, and, you know, maybe Middleton is able to do something with, with trades. I don't know, though. I, I just think the farm system isn't good enough, and... You know, all the guys that the Phillies are able to trade for somewhat in the Cole Hamels deal, you get back Nick Williams, uh, you know, Jorge Alfaro, and, and you traded them off. Alfaro, down with the Marlins, I don't know. I, I think he's decent, um, and Nick Williams just didn't turn out. So, And some other guys, of course. Vinny V, I believe, was also involved in the Cole Hamels deal. But, yeah, it's it's it, this team is just it's, it's a question mark. We talk about it in every podcast. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it for, for me, Dave, um, in this podcast. I think we talked a good amount today about the free agents. Right. Um, just to clarify, I think Jared Eikhoff was involved in the Rangers deal as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, Vince Velasquez, I believe he was from Houston when we traded Ken Giles. So, oh, okay. My, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So um, no, it, it was just clarification. So there wasn't yeah, any misguided information. But um, uh, what was I going to say? So, 
Uh, yeah, like like we were talking about with the direction of the team, it's just um, you know, it, it kind of sucks for the fans, you know, and just seeing that. Oh well, the organization is looking to be sort of that uh, middling team there in the NL East again, and they might even come in fifth place. I mean, it's just that competitive in the NL East, and I guess maybe uh, the competition in the National League East is what is making this Phillies team think twice about becoming competitive. I mean, you do have some young guys that are still being developed, uh, but then again, you you have a big fish in Bryce Harper that you brought in, and you would hate to waste him. You know, so which direction do you decide to take? It's a hard, uh, I, I don't know. It's just a hard decision to make, and I could see why they're having trouble with it, but you have to do something. And aside from that, uh, making trades and trying to make this team better or, you know, trying to retool the farm a little bit, I don't want Ned Rice in that position when we're trying to do that. I want someone who has the experience or I want someone who is, you know, supposed to be in that role. Now, you know, just someone that isn't an interim GM. You know what I mean? So uh, when we're hearing about different trade rumors and stuff like that, yeah, I, I don't necessarily want Ned Rice to be behind that. But we'll see if any trades are made. Uh, Dave and I, of course, on this podcast, we'll analyze it and we'll let you know whether it was a good trade and whether Ned Rice did make a good move. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Ned Rice is in control. I feel like it's more John Middleton right now. And I would hope so, it. but in the same hand, Dewey, because of the yeah, financial. That is so. true. I don't know. It's questionable things from uh, John Middleton. Recently, a lot of questions. <laughs> I guess. I guess that is where we'll end the podcast. A couple shout-outs to some of the sources that we used today. We talked about MLB, uh, which is on their Instagram page. Go check that out. You can see the first uh, MLB team and the second MLB team um, for 2020. So the first team is like the main group of All-Stars, I guess. And then the second team is, is you know, the backup. But really, I think JT should have been the first team. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, uh, but also, uh, of course we talked about in this podcast, uh, we talked about what the Phillies announced. Uh, they tendered all those players. They put that on their social media, uh, as well. Uh, and then of course, Ken Rosenthal, uh, and Joel Sherman, uh, the New York post, when we talked about, uh, the James McCann and Ramuto conversation, uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Please check us out. We're available on Apple podcast, Spotify, breaker, anchor, pretty much anywhere you can watch your podcast. Please check us out. Uh, our views are starting to come back up again. I believe we're approaching a thousand views on the podcast, so we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to put a lot of hard work into this. Our schedule is Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, we may do bonus episodes. Go check out the episode we put out on Monday, uh, which was kind of our first episode back in a long time. We talked about uh, the whole John Middleton debacle and Zach Wheeler rumors. Uh, and then yesterday, we did a nice uh, podcast to remember Dick Allen, uh, the Phillies' great legend who unfortunately passed away on Monday. Uh, and then today, we talked about uh, of course, uh, JT Almuto uh, and free agency and the Phillies and fixing the bullpen and all that good stuff. Uh, so thank you all. Thank you to the healthcare and the frontline workers. And as always, go Phillies. That's pretty much all I got to say, Davey. Yeah. And uh, some other sources um, were MLB.com and Baseball Reference. Uh, those were two others as well. Just, just to add on to the uh, big list of sources that um, we you know use for information with the podcast, because, you know, Dave, when it comes down to it, uh, we want to give every listener the best experience possible by using all of our information to give uh, accurate statements and statements that are analyzable with information 
whether it's statistics or others included. And so uh, thank you to everyone who listened to the Winning Track Talk podcast. If you liked what you heard, then make sure to follow us on any platform that we are on. We are on multiple platforms, like Dave was saying, with Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Radio Public, Breaker, Anchor. There's so many out there that we're on, so you'll be sure to find us on plenty. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. This has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave.